Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's, or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon, or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. As I mentioned in the last episode, I do plan to do one on why Derrick Rose has to be in the Hall of Fame, or more specifically why this last Hall of Fame class assures that he has to be in the Hall of Fame. But there's another subject I want to get to, largely because I'm surprised it hasn't been put out there yet. And that's a trade that actually makes sense for Ben Simmons. It makes so much sense that I'm sure neither fan base will be excited about it. Well, I'm not sure how much of a fan base the other team has left. But still, I'm not sure that they're going to appreciate it as much as they should. I could be wrong, but this is not because it's a bad trade. It's a very good trade for both teams, and it's eminently doable. Now, I'm not one that usually traffics in proposed trades or fantasy trades, however you want to describe them. If I hear something, then I'll dissect it and figure out whether it's real or not or whether it can turn into something else. That's generally how I operate. But look, it's a slow time in the NBA. And the fact of the matter is, I bring it up because we are two weeks away from the start of training camp and the 76ers need to move Ben Simmons before camp opens. I don't know where some of my media brethren are getting their information, that they are willing to put their names on sourced information that is so obviously slanted. But reports that the 76ers are willing to have Ben Simmons come to training camp 
is so obviously the team trying to pretend they haven't painted themselves into a corner that I'm embarrassed for us collectively as media that something like that was actually written and distributed. Are there not editors willing to question it if the writers themselves aren't? Are we so thirsty for putting anything out that has a whiff of news-like quality to it that we're willing to bend common sense? The trades proposed for Simmons have been just as fanciful. Damian Lillard from the Blazers, James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, and two future first-round picks from the Warriors. At least the oddsmakers have come to their senses and dropped the Blazers and Warriors from being favorites to land him and moving up the Kings and Timberwolves to having the best odds. That makes far more sense. A team with championship aspirations is not likely to trade for Ben because if they're a championship contender looking to improve, it means they already have some proven playoff performances, performers, which is what Philadelphia is looking for. Why trade away your proven playoff performers for Simmons, who is a proven playoff non-performer? How's that going to make you better? It's only going to put you in the camp that the Philadelphia 76ers currently reside in. It would make sense for a team that hasn't made the playoffs and is in a market that doesn't attract free agents to bargain shop by acquiring Simmons. But there's one team that wasn't in the playoffs last year that mysteriously has really long odds for landing him. And I don't understand why since they have exactly the kind of player the Sixers have been searching for. As an aside, I've warmed up to Joel Embiid over the last year or so. I've always liked him. I always liked his personality, but he was just kind of a goof. And the combination of saying that he wants to win championships and being a goofball, I've never seen that combination really work. Not as the leader of a championship team. But he has matured. uh, And he certainly plays hard. He's clearly put in the work to keep his body right, unlike at the start of his career. And he has all-around skills equal to Nikola Jokic. He's not quite the passer Jokic is, but he's willing to use his physical size more than the Joker, and he has a far more aggressive attitude overall. Embiid's injury concerns aside, if you gave me a choice between the two, I would take Embiid. Jokic is a nice guy and often plays like it. But all that said, Embiid is insulting everyone's intelligence by suggesting he doesn't want to see Ben traded. Now, that might be the case, but Embiid just needs to know that he's a big reason that Ben wants to be traded. Because you can't publicly blame a playoff loss on a team's reluctance, Ben's reluctance, to shoot and think that teammate wants to continue to play with you. It's not a matter of whether Joel is right or not. For the record, he's partly right. Ben's lack of offensive aggression was a factor in the Sixers' second-round loss to the Hawks. But it's not as if that's something new. It also wasn't the whole reason the Sixers lost the series. Embiid had a part in it, too. He ran out of gas in too many games, in part because when he gets it going early, 
He expends a lot of emotional energy revving up the crowd. If Ben needs to be more aggressive, Joel needs to be smarter as far as time and place. Doc Rivers did his part to make sure Simmons asked out as well. Doc could not have done more to tell Simmons, I don't trust you, than by how he used him in the Hawks series, which was essentially as a porter to bring the ball up and then get out of the way. Philly lived off a two-man game between Embiid and Seth Curry, to which I say, good for Seth Curry, and he made the most of it. I think he averaged 18 a game for the playoffs. But if you're Ben Simmons, that's an insult there's no coming back from. Ben's thinking, you put the ball in the hands of a guy who's been on eight different teams in seven seasons, three different ones in the last three years, and just happens to be your son-in-law? That's the guy you think has a better chance of beating Trey Young than me? I'm all third team last year. I'm all defensive team twice. And you're picking a guy whose career playoff scoring average is lower than mine? That's the guy you go with? And then Joel blames me for us losing the series? I say none of this to defend Simmons. But simply to call bull bleep on Embiid in particular and the Sixers in general saying they want Ben back. Or that his desire to be elsewhere is some sort of mystery. No, it's clear they need to go their separate ways, and it needs to happen ASAP. The Sixers can't mess around and have Simmons still on the roster as training camp starts, because the East is going to be tough enough as it is. Having a preseason filled with distractions, trade talks, and other innuendo is not going to be conducive to success. The Sixers' chances of finishing with the conference's best record again are pretty slim without any of that not with at least half a dozen teams having improved during the offseason. Bucks will be better, the Nets will be better, the Heat will be better. So should the Celtics, Bulls, and Pacers. The last one simply because Rick Carlisle is such a massive upgrade as head coach. But here we are, the first day of training camp, September 28th, just around the corner, and October 19th, opening day for the regular season, around the next corner, and Ben Simmons remains a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. But I have a solution. I don't know that Sixers president of basketball ops, Daryl Morey, already has considered it. I don't know that he hasn't. I have not heard this trade even suggested. And apparently the odds makers haven't either because they have this team with the 11th best odds of landing Simmons. Now, as I said, I normally don't deal in speculative trades. It's a fairly meaningless exercise as I see it. My point in doing this really is to reset the market for Ben Simmons, to offer what is realistic. And in that light, this deal makes a lot of sense. The funny thing is, I actually shared this idea with one of the odds makers that I talked to who I happen to know is a Sixers fan. And his reaction was, hell no. As in, hell no, I don't want that deal for the Sixers. Not surprised. Then again, he's also thinking or wishing that the Sixers could get Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and Tyrese 
Halliburton for Ben Simmons from the Kings, which with the Kings track record might not be the worst trade they've ever made, but it would still be a god-awful one. I would do that deal if Halliburton weren't in it, but his potential is far too great not to see what he can become. The Kings aren't on the cusp of anything either, other than potentially saying goodbye to head coach Luke Walton. So they have time to find out what Tyrese is capable of being. The team Maury should make a deal with is his old one, the Houston Rockets. He and Raphael Stone, his successors, the Rockets GM, dealmaker, work together and reportedly like each other. Stone used to give Maury a ride to work when Maury didn't want to use an Uber didn't have a car. In this day and age, relationships matter, particularly when it comes to Maury. A lot of GMs aren't enamored with what they consider publicity stunts by Maury, and they suspect that if they talk trade with him, the terms will be leaked, causing problems if the deal falls through. The deal is, the deal that I'm proposing, is Ben Simmons for John Wall. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Sixers would have to throw in one other player to make the contracts work since John Wall is due $44 million this season. But that's essentially it. Now, Tyrese Maxey once out of town, according to Clutch Agency, but I'm not adding him to this deal if I can help it. Matisse Thibel, Jaden Springer, Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe. Thibel by himself or two of the others make the deal work. I think Shake Milton's option as well. Now, I'm sure the reaction by most Sixers fans would be the same as my odds maker friend. Hell no, we don't want John Wall. And in one sense, I understand why. This is the danger in Maury, or whoever with the Sixers floated the price for Simmons as Wiggins, Wiseman, and two future firsts, or that the Sixers wouldn't do a deal for C.J. McCollum, but they'd do one for Lillard. Look, it's, it's an attempt to inflate Ben Simmons' trade value beyond what it actually is. The problem is that the only ones having their view of Simmons' value inflated are Sixers fans, not rival GMs. So now, John Wall is a hard sell. But if you're looking for the antithesis of Ben Simmons, John Wall is it, as far as offensive aggression, and especially when it comes to the postseason. Wall is one of those rare players whose scoring actually goes up in the playoffs. And it's not as if he's a ball hog. He's averaged 10 assists or more in his last three playoff appearances. And his career regular season assist average is 9.1. Turnovers have been a problem for sure, but he is improving in that department. He has learned not to play recklessly fast all the time. If it comes down to Russell Westbrook or John Wall allowing their games to evolve, I would say John Wall has done a better job. Now, if Wall hadn't played 40 games last season, I might not suggest this deal. 
not knowing what he's capable of after missing a year with a torn Achilles. But his numbers for a dreadful Rockets team, and while averaging fewer minutes, were almost the same as the year before his injury. And he's in the third year of his $171 million contract, with the fourth year a player option. If you're ever going to get a motivated John Wall, it is now. Besides, it's a little bit like Chris Rock's take on a man's fidelity. It's only as good as his options. So what are the Sixers' options, particularly this late in the game? They need an offensively aggressive point guard who isn't going to wilt under the hot white glare of the playoffs, who invites pressure, who likes to play under it. That's John Wall. Sixers fans, are you telling me D'Angelo Russell from the Timberwolves does more for you than Wall? D'Lo, who played a grand total of five playoff games, shot 36% and averaged 3.6 assists and 2.8 turnovers? And that you'll be paying $30 million or more for the next two seasons, after which he's a free agent? Or you prefer Buddy Heald, who never has even played in a playoff game in his five-year career? Are you thinking, oh, but Buddy Heald is only 28. D'Angelo Russell is only 25. John Wall is 31 and a year away from a serious injury. Well, all that would matter if the Sixers were building for the future. The Sixers have been building forever. This was supposed to be their time. This is their time. The fact that you only have Wall guaranteed for this season is problematic. If I'm Maury, I'm asking for one of Houston's five first-round picks it has it at, at its disposal over the next three years as protection against Wall bolting after a year. If you somehow manage to get two, you've got, you've got a home run. This is what has to be accepted about this situation, though. The Sixers are not in the driver's seat. No one's season is going to be marred if they don't make a deal for an outstanding defensive point guard who can't shoot before training camp opens. But the Sixers' season could be compromised if they don't move that outstanding defensive point guard. As for the Rockets, Simmons makes a lot of sense. More sense than Minnesota or Sacramento since I can see Jalen Green playing off the ball, but I can't see De'Aaron Fox doing that. And we've already seen plenty of Ben Simmons playing off the ball not that long ago. Pairing him with Jalen Green actually allows them both to play to their strengths. Jalen is a one-man offense, and Simmons is a distributor and defensive backbone. As is, I'm not sure there are enough balls to go around with Wall, Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Eric Gordon, and Christian Wood all trying to get their games going. No team could use a quality player who doesn't want to shoot more than the Rockets. And if that guy happens to be a distributor and can control the flow of who's getting the ball, even better. Although Simmons reportedly wants to be dealt to the Lakers, Clippers, or Warriors, he's no James Harden. Clutch agency has strong-armed a few teams to acquire its players, but Ben Simmons isn't Anthony Davis. The Rockets, if he took a minute to look at what they are, actually should appeal to him. They're not that far from his old stomping grounds, LSU. No established star, 
or at least not one brighter than him. He comes in and is viewed once more as a cornerstone or centerpiece. And having the third worst defensive efficiency of any team in the league last year, the Rockets could certainly use his expertise in that department. Now, the fact that Daryl Morey hasn't floated this rumor out there would suggest to me that it's not on his agenda to get it done. Because that's how it works. When he was angling to get James Harden, uh, he found a way to let it be known publicly. He likes to throw trial balloons out there to see how they float. The fact that we haven't seen or heard of this trial balloon gives me the sense that he's working on something else. All I'll say is he better be working on something else. And for the betters out there, the Rockets might just be worth a flyer. After all, they have the 11th best odds at 39-1. to 1. As the former Rocket, Russ Westbrook, would say, why not? All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the next episode, we may get to that Derek Rose topic or... As I said in the last episode, there may be something else that comes up that catches my fancy instead. It's the beauty of doing a daily podcast. There's plenty of time to get to it all. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.